friends, welcome back to the Film Alchemist Podcast, the show where we take the movies we love, break them apart, to find out what gives them their magic, blood-soaked October Halloween magic. People, you know what it is. Every October, we here at the Film Alchemist Podcast, uh, we stand on the precipice of the October Horror Mega Marathon. This is day one of our 31 Days, 31 Pods Marathon. We are so fucking excited. Uh, every year we finish this and we go, we can't possibly survive another. Yet here we you know stand what? again. We only done that two years in a row. After the third year, I was like, yeah, I guess we'll do it again. And you were like, oh, I don't know. And I'm like, oh, we're doing it. I know we're going to do it. Last year, was a, last year was a bear for me. Every time but we But I love them so these. much when they're done. And then by the time it hits February, I'm like already rescheduling it, which Fucking is exactly please. what happened. By the time we get to December, we're like, well, I guess we're going to do it. What's what, what's the franchise? And- <laughs> we need to start. So, guys, we've done some things. Uh, I'm Josh Griffey. That's Alex Dandino. That's you can true. call him Lefty or Chop Top if you want. Those are kind of his energy. I have, I'm great, just dis- I have great hair. I'm a, I'm a lonely stretch trying to survive this world, but that's neither here nor there. Guys, we've done some things, right? So we have 31 days, 31 pods. If you want every pod this month, go to patreon.com slash filmalchemistpod. Three of the episodes over there will have a commentary and two Patreon exclusives that our patrons vote on to decide which two movies they want uh, for the marathon. So you want 31. You don't want 28. So come on over to patreon.com slash filmalchemistpod. We have tons of awesome stuff for the uh, for you over there. If you're a horror movie person, we even has a have a Tales from the Crypt miniseries that you may enjoy as well. Uh, thank you for that. Also, guys, uh, make sure you leave ratings and reviews. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube, Film Alchemist. Email filmalchemistpod at gmail.com if you have thoughts or uh, any ideas for us. Hit us up. The other thing, guys, if you have horror movie loving friends or just movie loving friends, text them directly, direct message them with an episode. We'll take it from there. We have over 500 for you to choose from, so there should be something they like in there. We appreciate you. Uh, This is the start of the mega marathon, so we're trying to get the business ramped up uh, so that this is the biggest and best year yet. All right. For those of you who have been with us, you know the deal. For those of you who are new, let's start here. Every year on the Mega Marathon, we have a podcast every day, which is quite a quite a load to fill a schedule. So we start the year every year by covering two franchises in total. This year, you're getting a little bonus. So up first, we're starting today with the Texas Chainsaw Massacre franchise. All of them. We don't skip days. We don't skip entries. Mm-hmm. No matter if they've passed their expiration date. We do not skip entries. So... I have adjusted. We did Texas Chainsaw years ago. I've adjusted that so it should appear in your feed right now. So if you're finding this, it should be right before this. Uh, Listen to that, too, if you want. We're starting today with Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. And then we'll be plowing through day by day the entire franchise. Then I was fortunate enough to be joined by our dear friend Carmelita Valdez McCoy. For the entirety of the the Phantasm franchise. Phantasm. And then Alex and I will finish off the uh, the Scream movies we have not gotten to yet. Scream 5 and 6. That's the first half of this month, guys. And then you will get into our, our Patreon exclusives and our amazing, awesome friends who have been nice enough to guest host and bring a horror movie to us for the marathon. So we're super excited. I know this is a long intro, but we, we're setting the stage for the, the mega marathon. So let's make this episode a little longer. 
Texas Chainsaw is probably the biggest, most iconic franchise we hadn't gotten to yet, right? We did Child's Play, Hellraiser, Freddy, Jason, Michael Myers. We've done most of the big guys, right? Mm -hmm. Candyman, Scream. This Leatherface was the Titan we had not yet addressed. I think you could make an argument that Texas Chainsaw Massacre is among the two, maybe three greatest American films ever made. It is an open nerve of a film, right? That scene when 127 hours where Franco's trying to cut through that nerve or tendon, whatever that fucking sound was that like shocked me and Tom Noonan. We were in the theater together, me and the great Tom Noonan. And that sound that like rattled all of our brains. That's what Texas Chainsaw felt like for the whole movie. When I saw it the first time, it had this quasi documentary style that was kind of fresh um leatherface was a true force of nature a terrifying visage uh this this death of the american dream kind of thing right these left behind americans and these big empty spaces um it's one of the best american films ever made i would say it's it's damn near flawless it's primordial love that fucking movie to death we already talked about that listen to that one this franchise in mass has struggled to ever recapture that magic. Be it reboot, be it sequel. They've never quite rediscovered what made Leatherface such a a tsunami of terror and evil in that first one. And I think an interesting case study for that, maybe the most interesting, is today's movie, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. Budgets were dropped, so Toby Hooper came back into direct because they couldn't afford another director. This one went full banana. This is It was originally going to be called Valley of the Cannibals and be a Motel Hell parody or satire. This, um, I guess generously you would say this is kind of the Evil Dead 2 to Texas Chainsaw, right? Where now we're going to amp up the humor. There's going to be a lot of gags and jokes. Um, this is something that I'm sure Rob Zombie puts on when he's doing his business. Probably erect every time he watches this movie. Must love this film. Uh, you see the DNA in House of a Thousand Corpses all over Texas Chainsaw 2. But this is where Leatherface and the family go from this, this inevitable monster at the end of the American road, right? To kind of this big cartoony... Like, what if the Adams family were food truck guys and hit the road and were cannibals, I guess. So it's it's a it still has a lot of that same energy that Texas Chainsaw had, but in just a completely bizarre and new direction. So I think it's an interesting kind of like this is the road the sequels will travel. I still like this film quite a lot, but it is. I definitely understand those who don't. So, Alex. Let's start off with your opening thoughts on Texas Chainsaw and Mass and then Texas Chainsaw 2 specifically. I don't think I've ever said this uh, to you or really anybody because it really just doesn't come up in my daily life. I don't really like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre franchise. It's not a personal thing. Like, Well, also, before the, the pod, you were not probably the most... like You weren't reaching for horror movies as often. Now you're like, no, you're in the wars. <laughs> now it's just sort of part of my vibe. Like, I'll watch yeah. them because they're there. Like, I think this is, like, a big thing about me is, like, it's not my first reach. Like, I'll probably... I would watch, like, drama or um, fantasy before I watched horror movies. But it 
more or less still just now it clicks because it's just I don't know if it's maybe because I'm older and I like maybe maybe I am just like fully desensitized now because when I was you've a done kid, 200 just, episodes of podcasts about horror movies. Well, it's not even that. Like when I was a kid, it just like really fucked with me when I saw like scary shit. Even in the you know even the video store, it scared me. So like there's things that like were part of my DNA that weren't this. I think that there were and now obviously you know it's just different because. I've watched enough now where I find them interesting on a whole different level. However, and this is the reason I like watching, this is the reason I like doing October more than anything. Because, again, on mass, I do not watch the sequels to these. Like, I've always seen the first ones of all these. Never do I really dive into the sequels. Because, quite frankly, the sequels, I'm like, I, I get it. When I was younger, going going into college, I was always it was one of those things like I get it, I know the gag, I understand. There's a guy who's going to murder everyone. Eventually, he'll stop murdering people, and then the movie ends. Like that's like I get it. Nothing about that. How is reductive, yeah. No, I agree. Like when I was younger, that was the reductive thing. It was just to say like, yeah, I get it, I understand what the movie's about. Having watched a lot of these, and this is, again, like I was saying, why I like doing October. Because when we go through and watch all these, even though I don't do all the episodes, because, you know, for some reason I think I'm more important than this sometimes. <laughs> I, 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 I'm sorry. Sometimes I can't do them, and I feel bad a lot of the time. I still watch all of the movies. Like, I, I, I What still, a goddamn C-word thing to say. No, I'm just kidding. I agree. Like, I feel like a real dickhead sometimes when I don't... You're like, not. You just have a, a busier, less flexible schedule. When this I, is a joke. When I out. don't do these when I don't do these shows, I still feel bad. However, I do watch these movies. So I have watched all the sequels for everything at this point. I'm glad I watched them when I was older because uh, I'm smarter, at least I think I am, than I was when I was like 19 or 20. And rather than being a reductive asshole, I can finally watch these movies and actually enjoy them and say, oh, wow, there is a lot of cool shit going on here. So having said all that, I'm excited to watch the Texas Chainsaw Massacre series because it's not really my favorite thing. I don't think it's very interesting. However, and I'll say this right off the bat, Texas Chainsaw 2 was weird. And I was like, that was not what I expected. I am very yeah. excited to talk about it. <laughs> At minimum, it is a weird film. So, for me, Texas Chainsaw 2 is got to be the progenitor, besides Rob Zombie, of like every let's not take this so seriously slasher movie. Like, there is a level of black comedy in this movie that is so bizarre that... But it never crosses the line to camp. I think this is a really important thing about it. There's you think? A, I really don't. And, and I'll, tell okay. you, I'll tell you why. Because while it could, and if you think it does, that's fine too. Like everyone's entitled to their opinion. Yeah. I, it never crosses over into camp because the first Texas Chainsaw Massacre lingers in the back of your head. And you remember that movie. And there's raw nerve is a great way to put that. The like exposed nerve of this franchise being that first movie never doesn't go away. The echo throughout the entire franchise still, still lasts. So when I watch this movie and there's a scene when we talk about it, the scene that, and everyone, it's a pretty famous scene. And I know it's famous because I've read about it and I was told it was famous. Um, that scene could be considered camp. If you have never seen the first, uh, 
chainsaw movie. But because you've seen the first chainsaw movie and you've seen this brutality already, that is what makes this a unique sequel and why it, what makes it actually very interesting, I think. So it's, I'm excited it's to talk about It's funny because this. it plays as almost a direct attack on what made the first movie oh yeah it's like literally i mean from the poster down to the way the movie the poster is one of my all-time favorite movie posters posters. it's the sawyers and like the breakfast club poses awesome and you immediately see that and you're like oh we're doing a thing and to be fair i think chasing down texas chainsaw was was one of those once in a lifetime kind of films Mm -hmm. right especially i mean for horror films like one of the Two to five most impactful horror films ever. Yeah. Right? It predated a lot of, like, you know, Halloween and the stuff that, like, Halloween obviously clearly helped to make a whole kind of new genre of slashers, right? Text Chainsaw was before that, but it didn't have as many of the things set. Chainsaw you could 74. Argue, most yeah, of the, you could argue Psycho. You could argue The Exorcist. I mean, the major but, slasher films were post this. This is, the, like, this is the, this is the first one out the gate. Really, Besides, right? Like, so maybe yeah, I, I, I think this is right. Like maybe the most important horror movie. Like Psycho is pretty hard to to jump. Halloween, but like this this cabal of these films, right? There was no fucking chance they were going to get great results by just trying to recreate the dark magic of that film. Right, right. That I mean, you see it all the time in sequels where they're just like, let's do the same movie. But the characters have seen shit and they're traumatized. <laughs> and then, and not even yeah. before, now with the legacy sequels are just that, like, I've lived 50 years waiting for my agent to call. I'm so sad and scared. And it's like, all right, next. Uh, <laughs> but the sequels that just try to remake, like, that's why I even laugh. Exorcist 2 might be the worst film I've ever watched. Yeah. Besides Skinnamarink, which someday Ooh. we'll talk about on this show for 10 minutes. Um, it's one of the worst films of all time. But again, yeah. you were never going to get back to that Exorcist 1 thing. You just weren't. So you trying can't. was an absolute fucking fool's errand. So what they said is, what if we take some of the iconography we like of Texas Chainsaw? Right? You still got Leatherface. You still got the saws. And what if we just made it fun? We can't make it as grotesque. We can't make it this, you know, torturous experiment. Right, it's not going to have subtextually the same impact because, to your point, we've already been to that house. Yeah, we've seen the Sawyer house, right? Whereas the cops in Texas can't find it. Right, we can. We know what's there. So the idea that this movie just says let's reset it to where they're essentially just shit kicking around, living in an amusement park, running food trucks, and doing chili cookoffs. <laughs> That's like an insane. If you Again, had told me, like, if, if I had seen Texas Chainsaw in the theater and you came to me and said, "Hey," Here's the elevator right. pitch for part two. The Sawyers have become food truck men. Right. Like, can who you live imagine? in an abandoned amusement park? You'd be like, wait, what? Isn't that like, I mean, and that's, that's what I think is really kind of brilliant about Chainsaw 2 is you just like, imagine going into the Canon group and be like, I have a pitch for Texas Chainsaw 2. And they're like, oh my God. Yeah. It's kind please. of the perfect Canon. Check movie. it out. <laughs> These guys are now gourmands who run a food truck. <laughs> Have like, you seen the bear? You haven't, but in 50 years, you're going to love it. It's that with the little, uh, yeah, Bugs Bunny in there. But like, like, so right off the bat, we start in just this fucking insane. obnoxious Texas teenagers. Yeah. Yay! 
And this is another thing, because I think Rob Zombie got his specific tenor of how everyone and his people talk. Yeah. Like they're screaming over a DJ at a house party. <laughs> yeah. Right? Or screaming over a Rob Zombie record. That's what you're saying. Yeah. Hey, don't turn down the Kid Rock. I'll just... Don't turn down that living dead girl. I'm jamming. Don't ever turn down Skinner. We'll just yell at each other. You don't ever turn down Dracula. I am talking. <laughs> but like... A prime example of this, the opening scene of Rob Zombie's Halloween with the family, mm. where it's, you know, the baby's crying. And he's like, yo, you got a nice pooper to, like, his stepdaughter. Like, that scene is, like, one of the most, like, cringy scenes to sit through. Yeah. That's kind of this whole movie. I, and they, I and Rob Zombie clearly was inspired. But we, so we take this, these Texas ch- teenagers who are now no longer, like, kids going to a concert. Mm. They're literally cartoon characters wearing holographic eyeball glasses causing mayhem and mischief and chicken right and what happens is is they're out looking for trouble right and as dennis hopper says we'll get to dennis hopper uh (laughs) hell was exactly what they praised and you're like yeah dude awesome so then we're doing a side-by-side drive because apparently the radio station can't hang up a call which i believe that technology existed in the 70s maybe not in texas i don't know um but Leatherface, they're driving side by side in cars. Leatherface is no longer Leatherface, but he's wearing a marionette super, dead body, like a super corpse I mean, suit, which come to find cool. out this, this corpse was, as we discover in this movie, named Nubbins, and that was the Hitcher from part one. Oh, okay. uh, supposed to be the Hitchhiker, so it's their brother. He's wearing essentially like an all-black bodysuit, like he's a motion capture artist. And his brother on front of him. So there is a, a vileness to the image. Yeah. The fucking guy shoots the head off of it, or at least knocks it over, and then Leatherface is revealed. Yeah. Almost like he's been unmasked in a Scooby-Doo episode. <laughs> and then, like, he's anchored the to two. the truck, like the guy at the front of Mad Max Fury Road with the guitar. Yeah. Just starts chainsawing as we're driving. And you're like, this film has so much motion and madness it's out in the open. Like, part of what made Texas Chainsaw scary was it was in the middle of nowhere. There was no help. Right. This is just happening on, like, county roads. I feel like this is something that I think is really specific to people who live in Texas. Because, like, I like I, I was born in Dallas. And uh, I was, we were only there for, like, three or four years. But You're claiming Texan blood? Is that a- what's happening? Absolutely not. I'm, I've never told anybody. The blood especially- of a Texan flows red. <laughs> And proud. And so Alex. I was born in Dallas, but like my, uh, we had a lot of family in Oklahoma. Um, he was born and delivered it, onto the star at the fifty yard line of Cowboys Stadium. <laughs> Emmett was, Smith ran and jumped over when him. A, <laughs> when I was a kid, I was a big Troy Aikman fan. I'll say that. Um, but yeah, everyone loved that Cowboys. Yeah, obviously, <laughs> no, I get um, it. You're the most Texan of all. It's fine. <laughs> oh, you could God. probably just pick up a lasso for the first time and like hog tie your kid. Just know how to do it. Yeah, like that character in Mighty Ducks. Who is that what, is that what it is? Well, lassoing. We're all quietly born with that innate ability. Um, yeah, it no. just kind of comes natural to you guys. But like, so I was I was born in Dallas, but like I went back there like a few years ago for work, and what I was so we had to drive down to uh, uh, I was working on a show about a show about jail, whatever, and we had to drive down to this jail that was down past Waco, and it. I was just in Waco, yeah. 
Right. So, okay. So, you know, you said- we went to Waco to go to Magnolia. T- Apparently, there's this couple that like flips houses that's hugely popular. Oh, no shit. And so my wife made a stop to eat at their little hipster ass restaurant. I was like, they have this every block in L.A. Why did we stop in Waco? Well, you got to go to Whataburger. That's that's what you do in, in Texas. No, we went to Bucky's. Fucking Bucky's. Oh, Bucky's this, is also great. Texas Chainsaw Two is the is to Texas Chainsaw what Bucky's is to a normal gas station. I think that's the best way. But <laughs> but but like to, okay, so then if you've recently been down there, so like when you're driving to like to Waco, for instance, from Dallas, it is exactly as barren as explained in the like it's this movie. Is in 1986. Right. Nothing's changed. There's so right. much space still. And that's you're just true. Like, Holy shit. The difference is, is this is big and loud and in your face, sparks flying. Of course. The leather face is not covering up his own visage, right. which but he I doesn't think, want anyone to see. Now it's like a comedy bit. But I think to kids who, like when I watch this, like to kids who grew up in any sort of township, it's bizarre that anybody would not notice that. Even in stuff like, even in places like, where we grew up in Indiana, which, you know, sometimes are a little sleepier than others. Country roads, right? There's there's movies like this, Joyride, Duel, Jeepers Creepers, like that, mm-hmm. that isolation, that loneliness, Absolutely. right? We we I get all that. What I'm saying is is that I love that the opening scene is like we are going to loudly and immediately tell you Yeah. This ain't your daddy's Texas chainsaw, right? Um, part of why the Sawyers are scary is that, yeah, they're, they're forgotten. They're left behind. We won't even look at them. We're just going to pretend they don't exist. Right now they're fucking winning Oklahoma versus Texas chili offs. Right now they're in the radio. They're playing them on the radio. So this is putting it. It's almost as if they said, we unleashed Leatherface on you. There's no more scare, whatever. Now we're going to rub your fucking face in Leatherface. Right. And and that marionette suit is kind of a, a bizarre but brilliant addition. Because one of the things they do in this movie, we'll just kind of go jump around. There's not really much of a narrative. Yeah. Per se. It's kind of like these people hunting the Sawyers while the Sawyers hunt that neither here nor there. The changes to Leatherface in this movie are are tectonic, right? Mm-hmm. Like they are huge changes. Now he is essentially like who had on their bingo card that we'd see Leatherface jerk off and bust? I didn't. Right I didn't. now, Leatherface is wearing a suit, like he's fucking nineties mankind. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I think at the end they're trying to tell us he's dressing like his grandpa to emulate his grandpa. Right? Um, he's kind of licking his lips. Right? He every time he fights, he jumps out of a door like a Tuscan Raider. I'm gonna say <laughs> none of the things that. Leatherface does in this movie were on my bingo card. Like that includes no, because the first one, the guy opens the door. We see Leatherface. He hits him, shakes like he's cattle. Yeah, the door slams. That's why that image of Leatherface stunned everyone. Yeah. Now he is essentially a pro wrestler. Mm-hmm. He's a pro wrestling character. <laughs> like the chainsaws, there more for sound and effect than actually doing carnage in most of the movie. Right. Right, he's licking his lips. He's rubbing uh, Stretch. That scene where Stretch is in the ice bath and he's touching the chainsaw up her leg and then poking her crotch with it. You're like, all right, this is kind of gross. He's licking his lips, and she's like, "Are you the best? Are you good? Are you real good?" And then Leatherface licking his chops, and he just fucking 
jer- he's just, jerking off downward. <laughs> like he's using gravity to get yeah. that first fucking. He just has to get that nut out, but nut. he can't. He can't get it going up. He's got to go down. Yeah. Yeah. He's tugging it straight up and down like he's trying to pick up Molemir. <laughs> and he busts and then freaks out and so, childishly destroys everything in the scene. Yeah. Except for Shorty. So you're like on a, so just a, a comical that, level. That sequence. Yeah. Starting with like, so when the dude leaves, we all, when that, the, like the coworker leaves the radio station. Yeah. To go get the guy whatever. who just spits on every surface he sees. Yeah, apparently who has no regard. LG, for, who has no regard for anybody who's like property. Why can't I get the girl? I have just my, my office is covered in spit. Right, but why can't I get the girl? Because you're gross. So because <laughs> yeah, you're fucking so, disgusting. When he goes, the sequence. So this is what I was talking about with like the echo of the first one and like the like depravity and the like sincere terror of that first one that echoes throughout the movie is that like sequence when you when she opens the door and chop top sitting there yeah if you've never seen the first one without any sort of pretense that could probably come off really corny or really weird just like just uncomfortable and like in a way that doesn't yeah. make sense because the first one has happened and we all have knowledge of the first texas chainsaw massacre the sinister we see nature, him channeling the hitchhiker the sinister nature of the whole sequence is so much more terrifying. It should only work in camp, but like there's something about the level of sinister that works that is just unbelievably off the charts creepy. And I mean, it's a great performance too. But like, I love Bill Mosley. This is not my favorite. It's so like, I weird. Think, I just think he did a better version of this in tech, in House of a Thousand Corpses. He wasn't sure. He wasn't asked to be comical of in course. that one. Because I, I think the instincts of this one, I think it is a fascinating place. Because as an audience, I think people were probably caught off guard the first time they saw this, right? Yeah, yeah. And you're like, okay. And I have to imagine that the audience, even me when I'm still watching it again for the you know 50th time or whatever, there is a part of me that's pulling so hard to try to find those Texas Chainsaw moments. Mm-hmm. So to your point, I'm doing a lot of creative effort. To try to match these moments. <laughs> right. right. And so there is sure. this this tug of war. The audience is helping you pull the boat that other movies don't benefit from. Right. And that scene is a great example of that is pretty creepy. He's scratching his plate and then eating little chunks of his Dude. own rotten flesh. So gross. Like, All right. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And then Leatherface just bust in in the middle of like a long. This scene is long. It's very long. And it drags. Like it's it's long in a bad way. Right, where you're like, what the fuck are we doing? It gives you time to sit and have an existential crisis. Like, that's it. Tex Chainsaw's dead. They'll never make another one. Yeah. And then Leatherface bursts in, and you're like, oh, okay. And then you're like, yeah, now he's mean Leatherface. You're like, oh, no, he's just scraping he's just the chainsaw on a metal door. He's not he's doing, in a suit. Doing dance moves. That was actually my favorite part. Yeah. That's actually my favorite moment is funny. like way in, like when he like runs down the corridor, and he's just like. I was like, he's, that's quality. That's some quality. I like right when there. he's pretty much when his dad's like, have you been trying to have sex with this girl? And he just goes, like he's a lovable scamp yeah. and like a TGIF show. But it's it's just a, a prime example of the, the kind of massive shifts in the film. And to your point, I think we're adding a level of creepiness that probably doesn't exist. And Toby Hooper always had this argument. 
He said that if you go back and watch Texas Chainsaw, it's spiritually much closer to Texas Chainsaw 2 than people thought. He said that that movie's loaded with dark comedy. People just couldn't appreciate it because they were so fucking shocked by what they were watching. And I would imagine that's true. There weren't a lot of Texas Chainsaws before that. So you were probably... (laughs) Yeah, you're probably in the theater like, holy fucking shit. Sure. But I would say this is the case in point in this movie, right? They recreate the famous dinner scene. Yeah. That dinner scene in Texas Chainsaw, the setting, Grandpa being essentially a non-moving invalid, right? Them Mm -hmm. trying to catch on to this past that no longer exists. Just on like an artistic level, that scene is so scary that the fucking close-ups on the face and the, it's so so it feels sacrilegious yeah. You're like i shouldn't be watching this right it's one of the most affecting scenes i've seen in a horror movie like the first time viewing i was i was like i wanted to run out of there i felt like i was tied to that dinner table in this one we have this big kind of uh you know batman and robin style sets right these colorful carnival sets or whatever She's tied to the chair. This time, Grandpa's like licking spoons. Grandpa's used for comedic effect, right? Grandpa was a one-hitter, right? When they went to automation, he couldn't take it. And so they're still doing the same thing, trying to achieve the same result. But the scene has no thud. There's no teeth. I mean, to it's use not the, really... To use the pun of the hammer, yeah. There's no, there's no thud. There's no impact. There's no... You have Leatherface like trying to lick her. Yeah. And touch her like, boy, you fell in love. And then finally he gives her up, whatever. Um, it's yeah. just that that to me is the difference because it's not really funny in any way. Right. It's not one of the scenes that's going funny. And it also loses all of that impact. And actually, this is one of those scenes where if you've seen the first one, you're recoiling from this version. So hardcore. Um, and I think that's where the more the movie digs so deep into the comedy i think are the scenes where it's truly lost the scenes when dennis hopper has two little chainsaws and his chainsaw holsters that's where the comedy is magic yeah and so i think finding those i think they went too overboard multiple times i think there's but there's still stuff that's just undeniably kick ass yeah i mean i think there's comedy that works in this movie and then there's comedy that is here's the thing like this is the Toby Hooper like genius is there's comedy that works and there's comedy that either is going to work or is going to fall flat, but be caught by the echo of the first movie. Like I can't get over how or be sp- so bad that when it's interrupted by a chainsaw, you're like, yeah. yes, like I can't <laughs> get over how smart it is to make a movie like this next, like that has to stack next to the original, like, the, the insight to not try to recreate one of the most genius, affecting man. films ever is yes. that that should be applauded. That's like, that is like, that's next level shit. There, there's yeah, because really uh, this one, a lot of the Texas Chainsaw franchise could get dinged for being derivative, mm-hmm. formulaic, and more importantly, boring as fuck. <laughs> what you cannot say about Texas Chainsaw 2 is that it's ever boring. Yeah, no. It is never, even though it has no stakes, we're not involved in any of the characters, you pretty much know what's going to happen. There's not a huge body count. It's so captivating to watch. There is such a bizarreness to the film. Let's talk about something else I love in this movie. Stretch is one of my all-time favorite final girls in any horror movie. (laughs) Not only because I had the biggest crush on her as a teenager. Fair. 
Stretch is fucking awesome. The performance is so fucking good mm-hmm. in the middle of this fucking cartoon. I can't believe Stretch didn't become like the next great screen, screen, scream queen, screen queen, screen queen, scream queen, scream queen. Stretch is fucking amazing in this movie. She is so good. She's. I mean, I get why. Hmm, that's a hard one to overcome. Like to be in the sequel to probably the greatest slasher movie of a generation. Right, and it was so weird and didn't... So it was... Uh, the character was Vanita Brock. I'm trying to see who the actress was. Oh, no. Her name is Carolyn Williams. Caroline Williams. That's right. I actually met her at a convention. She's very nice. But, I mean, like, she didn't... like. The, I mean, to be honest with you, I think Texas Chainsaw 2 might be the biggest one she did. I think that's... For our group of people, probably the second biggest movie she did was Leprechaun 3. Like... Well, of course. That movie fucking rips. Yeah, I mean, obviously. But... Leprechaun maybe next year. Brace yourself. Um, but it, it is. She's. I think this performance is fucking incredible, right? Like there was a famous story about her audition where she had them call or she called on the phone when it was her turn so she could run into the room screaming, jostle people around, barricade the door so like she could show herself in action. Right. Um, and she just she fucking delivers because between the Sawyers and Dennis Hopper, how the fuck do you live? betwixt this rock and hard place like how do you the you know the unstoppable force and the immovable object how does one not get crushed and she did she made the choice like i'm gonna give a real true performance she's like this is what it's going to look like if you woke up in space jam and you would actually have existential crisis and be terrified like i'm surrounded by cartoons the rules of nature don't apply anymore right and she's fucking amazing She's in that final iconic scene of her ah, screaming atop the fucking tower with the little Texas flag. Right. It looks like a scene from Pee Wee. So RIP Pee Wee. Uh, that alone. I was like, she's fucking crushing this role. Yeah. Stretch she's... deserves more respect. So I was like, you know, you've got your your Sydney's, your Nancy's, um, you know, Lori's, all of these that became more iconic. I think she's every bit as good as most of them. I think for she does a lot with a little. I think that's like yeah. a really important thing about these kinds of movies. <laughs> you couldn't have less. Let's put yeah. it that way. She could I, not have been given less to do. <laughs> I think that's what's really great about. I think that's what makes like truly awesome scream queens. Like Sydney Prescott might be the lone example of like someone who literally the movie has to be focused on. But even like Laurie Strode just has to survive. And Jamie Lee Curtis does so much with that. Mm-hmm. So much with that, like, tension. It's pretty incredible. She's kind of carrying the entire weight of yeah. parents who want their daughters to stay virginal and mo- virginal and uh, virtuous. Right. It's She Stretch, does a great job. Stretch has one movie and, like, not a lot, not a lot going on in that meal. And, man, does she just make oh. a Thanksgiving dinner out of it. It's she crushes awesome. this movie. She, awesome. This should have launched her... I mean, I, I thought she was unbelievable. Let's talk about another performance in the movie. Uh, fucking one, Dennis Hopper, who always said this was his worst movie until he made Super Mario. <laughs> right? yeah, you know, I, I actually like both of these movies, so I can't. Um, I Dennis Hopper is so fucking ridiculous in this movie. Um, like, because he's he's playing it. This is the thing what I love about Dennis Hopper. 
he plays this so insanely straight. Yeah. While fully embracing, because I would argue this movie is full camp. Okay. But is salvaged by the franchise, right? right? But Dennis Hopper with the fucking two little chainsaw holsters. Come on. That's his B movie as B movie gets. And it's awesome. But he just, he rolls up. I'd like to see that authority. And he's like, come on, feller. And he's just driving around the movie being a fucking bizarre devil. There's this weird, like. Sorry, yeah. girl. I used you as bait. I knew it. There's so much strange, like foghorn leghornness to it that you're oh just my like God, did dude. you really think this was it's such a strange when people make movies like this whatever part of their career they're in like any you know and there's a lot of like very serious actors who like dennis made, hopper was already a legend at this point yeah like dennis hopper had been in fucking he'd already done easy rider that's the legend making movie well like easy rider was his movie he was about to do uh apocalypse now like regardless Easy Rider, Rebel Without a Cause. Like, these are movies that are, like, iconography. And, and he was one of those, like, famous in Hollywood circles. Like, people just wanted to hang out with that guy. Yeah, like, he was a famous, like, guy who people, like, he had the good... Acted in 222 films, Dennis Hopper. Like, he had the good coke. That was a big thing for him. <laughs> and, like, that was... That was always, like, one of those things they talked about. Was it Hopper was, like... Hopper was like the guy with the good stuff, but like yeah. this cool is hand a guy Luke, who lived, I forgot. Cool he was hand in Luke, Rebel Out of Cause, Giant. Like he was a major actor at this point. He had already done Apocalypse Now by the time this movie came out. Yeah, I mean, like to me, it, really? Oh wait, yeah, you're yeah. right. That was '79, wasn't it? Fuck yeah. Me. So this came out like seven keep, years after you know what's crazy i keep thinking that this movie came out in the yeah. 70s still because after apocalypse now he had kind of a slow period and then he picks up again with this river's edge blue velvet and hoosiers and this is like he's back like fucking flow i keep thinking yeah. this movie was like in, in the 70s and it was imagine 18, it was going 86. from apocalypse now to do this movie and he just said he's and gave full co- that scene when he's <laughs> shopping for chainsaws in the old hillbillies watching on, him man. and going as Dennis Hopper's yeah, and he's in the store like doing katana movements. With You're telling me he didn't know that what he scene was of doing. him spraying at like you know shavings on himself as he's hacking the log. As the old hillbilly laughs, and it seems like it lasts for like three minutes of screen time. Yeah, that to me is where it says it's camp, and you'll love it. You're telling me that Dennis Hopper doesn't know. Come on, that's the funniest shit. I love that scene. That guy knew I mean. exactly that stuff what he to was me doing. Is just fucking worth it. Like him running around and he's like, "I'm the Lord of the Harvest," and he's fucking slashing his ideas. He's like, "I'm gonna collapse the." It's just fucking hilarious. And then we get to see Dennis Hopper, Dennis fucking Hopper, do chainsaw dueling with Leatherface, and you're I like, mean, "How can you not at least on some small level?" be poetic about this movie because this is what they said if like you asked the biggest horror movie dork to be like what would be a cool movie to you and he kind of like fanficked it this is fucking like that that scene is if if the comedy stuff really bothers you i appreciate that i'm not a big like don't mix my horror and comedy too much right normally that's how i like to watch them which is weird because i write horror movies that have a lot of comedy in them and again, no one's ever bought them, so maybe I'm bad at it. 
but you were not going to remake the first one. So I think taking the wild swing and just having fun with it didn't bother me. It's bothered me less with age. Let's say that when I was a younger horror movie fan, I was pretty militant, right? I was like a Richie from Scream. You fucking destroyed what the franchise was building. Even though it's only one movie and not a franchise. Right, yeah. I just think you see the... Like, when they're running through that tunnel and it's, like, lit by Christmas trees and it's all these skeletons posed in, like, beachwear. Like, the Sawyers get down to Jimmy Buffett in the tunnels. You're like, yeah, dude, that's awesome. Dennis Hopper fighting Leatherface while the guy under the table has his asshole chainsawed and he grabs Nubbins, who has a grenade. <laughs> And he's like, sometimes life kicks you in the balls. Grandpa throws a hammer that hits Leatherface. They all fall and blow up. Yeah, I, I like it. I, I don't have a good reason why. I get all of the reasons why you could hate it. I like it. I like They tried to make Leatherface into sloth, but then also like a rapist. I, You're I like, think there that, were missteps. I get it. I think that what the movie does so well is by leaning into all these things like we are talking about this this is a movie that like is preceded by like you were saying like one of the most important horror films in the genre like in terms of one of the of, most important american films ever take it out of that like sure. that that is a an achievement they were never going to get back right one of the most important films in american cinema for this to exist it only can exist this way because otherwise, not otherwise, a there'd be no franchise if this movie was like. And granted, this movie didn't do great. However, it did make its money back. Yeah, but because it goes so hard in the other direction, but also maintains this aesthetic that it had for the first one. Like again, I cannot stress this enough. Toby Hooper's a fucking genius for knowing exactly how to not make a sequel here. Like, it's so important to not make a sequel that's just like, we'll go back to this fucking house. Like, it's a huge deal at that point to know not to do that. Mm-hmm. Like, that is a, that's fucking, that takes, that takes balls. That takes just skill. The whole idea of like, hey, cook them up. It's a Cowboys game this weekend. We got a lot of money to make. Come There's on. a scene when, when the, the old Sawyer, right? Beauregard Sawyer, whatever the fuck he called himself. Beauregard. Yeah, I, that's clearly not his name. I'm just saying. That I don't know, funny. but I like that name. Oh, my God, Sawyer, right? Uh, and he's like trying to buy off Dennis Hopper with cash. Yeah. And you're like, what an, a direct fucking assault against the first movie. These people were cannibals and barbecue stand, uh, you know, operators based out of necessity because America decided to shun them. Now they are fucking like you just imagine them in a line of like six other food trucks yucking it up with, hey, you think Stallback's going to get four this weekend? I don't know. Can I have another fucking corn dog? You make them really good. <laughs> what? <laughs> like the idea of seeing like Beauregard and Chop Top in a truck sweating like a chef with John Favreau is like right. bizarre. Like, it's fucking bizarre. And I know there's a ton of footage that got left on the uh, cutting room floor. They really wanted it to be short. Yeah. But it's. The choice to go from like house slaughterhouse, literal slaughterhouse to food trucks and yeah, an amusement park where they have like a giant hand holding a knife statue, like just weird where now mama is set up in the top of a fucking mountain like she's Skeletor and she's holding a chainsaw like 
the chainsaw was important outside of the first it, it's pretty it's it's it would be an almost impossibility to go back in time and you're at that door right you're having a ciggy you're seeing all the people fucking sweating crying puking as they leave the first texas chainsaw and it's like hey boy come over here no like, don't call me boy and i'm like boy come over here right because you're trying to talk like a texan right so this these little white teenagers come over and you just go hey man this is a great line this is do a you want to yeah, do you want to know what your future holds? I go, what? And it's like, would you watch a Texas Chainsaw too? You fucking bet your ass I would. I'm like, I bet my ass you would too. You want to know exactly what happens in it? And I would lay out the tale of Stretch and Lefty. Lefty finding Franklin's body in the bottom because he was the uncle of Franklin and Sally. Yeah. Right? And I'm like, there's amusement parks and there's food trucks and a chili cook-off. And they're going to play a Leatherface murder on the radio for a long time. And then Stretch, they're going to see his mom, and Stretch is going to rip her apart in a cloud of dust where she kills his other brother who has a metal plate from Nam. And he's dressed like uh, he's one of the Beatles, and, 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 and. And those teenagers would probably jump me and be like, don't waste our time, boy. And I'd be like, oh, don't call me boys. I'm all beat up. Then I'd get back in my time machine and be like, they weren't ready. They weren't ready. Right. Um, it would be impossible that anyone would accept walking out of Texas Chainsaw that this is what was coming next. And for that alone, I have to, on some level, be romantic about this movie. Right. I think it's impossible to, it's impossible to imagine someone thinking that this was going to work. But I think that if you have the imagination to make a movie like this you can keep a franchise that look probably in the hands of a lesser director a lesser writer a lesser conceptualist for this kind of movie in the hands of a lesser truly this only really works for one movie but because you're willing to give into not just the genre you're in but also to just say, like, I'm not going to make lightning strike in a bottle twice. So what I'm going to do yeah. is make a movie that I think is entertaining, has Dennis Hopper in it with fucking dueling chains. I was just, I mean, in that terms holsters of is so funny in terms of like insane things you've seen in a movie. That's got to be like, especially in, like, especially in the whatever Dude, that like, I, I was telling Amy last night, watched, I was like, that is if, insane. If more people knew this movie, that would be the greatest Halloween costume oh, ever. Absolutely. Just carrying like, your chainsaws. I mean, like, that's the thing too. <laughs> that's the thing too, is there's just something about that that's so Yeah, I told Amy, you be outrageous. sexy leatherface and I'll fucking I'll be Dennis Hopper. It's so outrageous. Like it makes no sense. It's so awesome. And it's awesome. It's and he's totally ripping Leatherface's awesome. guts out, and then he pulls his little one. Grandpa's whipping hammers. It's it's just I mean, bizarre. It's, it's just great. It's just great. That's, and that, that's what I like. There's still scenes of Leatherface like in his fucking chop house holding up skins, and you're like, yeah, you kind of devalued that image, but you're like, but then he puts it on Shorty with the hat, and he dances with her. I mean. And then we see like the, the remnants of LG try to save her. I mean, that like, is the it part still that's works. like, like that's the most part of it that's still creepy. Works. Yeah. That's the part that's creepy. And because we've seen the first one, it's like, oh, wow, this is yeah. still like a fucking Texas Chainsaw movie. Jesus. They're Christ. constantly taking the piss out of the thing that we're there for, which is this 
nightmarish experience. Yeah, exactly. They're constantly taking the piss out of it. I think that's pretty genius, uh, man. Taking the piss out of is, your own concept. They take the pi- it's like when the dad at the end's like, ah, life kicks you in the ball. They're kicking the first movie in the balls constantly. Oh, nonsense. And just saying, stop asking me for another of those. Enjoy that as it is. Yeah. Which I think more sequels need to do. Oh, absolutely. Right? You need to go your own way and add something to the franchise. The thing is, is I think there are definitely inarguable times mm-hmm. where they go too far down the comedy rabbit hole. Sure. Like Chop Top could have used like 85% less of him. Right? Sure. Or do something that makes it. And I love Bill Mosley. Don't get me oh, yeah. wrong. I, mean, I, don't, I think Bill Mosley's awesome. Uh, the dad, it's like they only talk in full volume screams. So I just don't need that. Like it's not Jersey Shore. <laughs> I don't need that. Right? Like that's not what I'm here for. Right, right. You're not here for um, the chain, cabbage. The chainsaw is the screaming I want. Not the fucking, ah, you mind blowing a knee. It's like, damn, come down, dude. Um, but it's that's the thing for going too far down the comedy rabbit hole at times for having two characters that every time you open their mouth, you want to turn the movie off for being a comedy and not this fucking true, terrifying experience. The amount of this movie that still works pretty impressive is fucking baffling. It's pretty impressive, really. On its surface, this movie should be such a fucking failure that we buried it and never talked about Absolutely. it again. Absolutely. It fucking saying, works. This should have stopped a entire franchise in its tracks. Yeah. And people are like, well, that was not going to work. Like, this is like, this is the, the exorcist argument. We, we Like we said at the very beginning of the pod, this is like, that is the worst sequel I've ever seen to like a movie that like paradigm shifted yeah. the entire genre, the entire R. filmmaking R. community. Too. And this is like, this could go that way, but for some reason there's some alchemy in it. There's just some flavor that works and fits this like exploitation, whatever you want to call it vibe on a level that like no one on a level that no one expected it to. It, it works, man. It works. And you see, they never quite escaped like the, um, who who did that? Is it Ale- Alexander Aha did the Hills Have Eyes remake? And he kind of launched this uh he kind of launched this like gritty, grimy color scheme for all of these like torture right. porn reboots. Was that the first In one? Texas I Ch- thought the Texas Chainsaw remake was the first one. See, I thought Hills Has uh, Has Eyes was first. And that's a pretty awesome remake. Neither here nor there, right? But it was like this time where they decided they never quite escaped that that vibe for the rest of the franchise it felt like until the new netflix one right so three is kind of like a middle ground and then we're kind of back in this like they never escaped the reboot vibe of trying to just be like a bone crushing you know experience and fear and bodily harm right and so it is interesting to kind of watch this one because this is the one that is the most unique in the franchise for sure Right. And if you yeah. stack it up against the number twos of other franchise, which we try to do, right? Phantasm 2, same thing. Candyman 2, same thing. Uh, Nightmare 2 kind of went its own way. And people have loved that now because it's a mm-hmm. unique entry. Uh, Friday 2 added some pretty cool mythology. I think a lot of us like that one. Halloween 2, pretty much exact reboot, right? Child's Play 2, exact reboot. So if you start Scream, exact reboot. If you start going through 
all of the number twos, it's very rare that one of them actually steps out and takes a shot. Right. I appreciate that. Jaws 2, just a fucking another like slasher remake of Jaws, right? Yeah. I I get it. I I think this should be applauded. I think we should protect this and 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 use it to honor movies going forward. As someone who does not enjoy these movies, I enjoyed the shit out of this. Like, truly, it was really, really entertaining. Well, if you're not into everything getting meat hooked, this has other stuff to offer, it does. at least. I agree. So I think, I think that's great. So, yeah, I enjoyed Texas Chainsaw 2. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. I hope you're ready to go through the entire franchise with us. I hope you're ready for 31 more pot or 30 podcasts now, now. We're in 31 30. days 30 podcasts text chainsaw i'll make sure you guys have that easy to find that should be on your feeds if you look right behind this one tomorrow texas chainsaw three uh every day for the rest of the month we have an awesome horror movie for you if you go follow us on any of your social media you can find our uh our graphic we made that uh has the entire schedule and calendar mm-hmm. of what's to come Entire text chainsaw, entire phantasm, scream five and six coming up first. So go find us on social media so you have the schedule so you can start watching ahead. I know a lot of you do horror movie watching challenges this time of year. We're here to help with that. Make sure you go to patreon.com slash film alchemist pod so you can get those three extra uh, films that you know you want to have in your archives. You want to watch those movies with us. We appreciate the support. We're working hard to try to make that an awesome time for you. Uh, so reach out over there. Filmalchemistpod at gmail.com if you have ideas, suggestions, comments, anything like that. We're easy to get a hold of. Make sure you're leaving five-star ratings and reviews. And guys, the most important thing we're asking this month, directly contact a horror movie or, or movie-loving friend in general. Please. Let them know what we're up to. Let them know that we're working hard over here. Message a uh, friend. We'll take it from there. Make them sit in your car and listen to this. They'll right. thank you for it. Maybe. Yeah, or they'll be like, oh my human god, human face yeah, yeah, yeah. and a cowboy hat on them, and yeah. twirl them like a pretty ballerina while you listen to our voice. Do the little leather face dance. You never know. Yeah. My, or don't do crimes while you listen to us. But that's don't fine do too. crimes. Crimes are bad. Just listen. That's all. We're Some crimes. It's are a bad. lot of work this month, and we are so fucking excited. It's finally here again. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye.